So how, on God's gray earth, did this... She said, Andy, what you doing on the mountain? And she said, now, And this... podcast where we take a closer look at that one album in an artist's discography that sticks out like a sore thumb. It may be their best album, it may be their worst album, but either way it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think they should. So uh, just a quick reminder, we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, so like us and you know we have Stitcher and uh, iTunes and Google Play and Spotify. So subscribe and send us a review, send us a rating, you know, send us fish nuggets through the mail. I don't know. Anyway, um, on this week's panel, we have Logan Renard, Matthew Marr, and my name is Scott Livingston. And we do have a special guest this week. Uh, with us is Rachel Caudill, the artist, owner, and um, bolo tie diva from uh, Resistance is Tactile. Uh, say hello to the people or persons. Hello, people and persons. Well, they, them, friends. Yes, human beings, hopefully, or possibly dogs. You know, we're not here to judge. Um, this is the fifth and final week of All Instrumental April, and um, this week we will be tackling a rather odd album called uh, 55 Cadillac by Andrew W.K., uh, normally I start with a, well, who is Andrew W.K., but that, that is a, a tricky question here. Yeah, which, which flavor conspiracy theory I mean, there, <laughs> are there we are, talking today? There are a number of um, theories out there. Well, well, first let's start with his name. Andrew W.K., the W.K. stands for, um, I don't know, Wilkes, it's something that, that seems, Wilkes Cryer. Wilkes Cryer. So it, it is a real name, and he is a real person. Maybe. <laughs> there are theories floating around that he is a puppet controlled by a Illuminati conglomerate. MKUltra. The MKUltra yeah. slash Avril Lavigne theory. Yes. There are also theories that he was blackmailed by a hacker by the name of Steve, misspelled Mike, 
um, or that he, in fact, is Steve misspelled Mike, um, or he is somehow dissociating and has multiple personalities, or there are multiple Andrew WKs floating around. But um, as far as most people who aren't, you know, it's digging just, into the dark it's, web, it's Banksy, right? <laughs> there there are comparisons to like no, Banksy. No, I still say I still say Poppy before his time. There you go. Yeah, it's it's it may be like the the utter Tony Clifton commitment of <laughs> Andy Kaufman or, you know, maybe he's a hologram or it's like the Bernstein Bears where we're all just it's a hologram controlled by Andy Kaufman. There you go. <laughs> we're all collectively hallucinating Andrew W.K. He never actually existed. But if he did exist, um, he had a big hit album in the early 2000s uh, called I Get Wet, which you may remember from the bloody nose on the cover. My um, my main note for this entire album is is this gross? Yeah, it's well <laughs> I I that's the thing is I can't tell if this is like a sincere tribute or a very subtle satire because mm-hmm. it's kind of like I don't know the darkness or something. There's where something you, very like Wayne's Worldian about yeah. his aesthetic, particularly on that album. Yeah, he 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 promotes partying. He has you know several dozen songs about. Partying, which has become such a broad and philosophical concept, it's hard to know exactly what he means. But I don't think he's just talking about like the Beastie Boys' rights. Um, he does he does do motivational speaking, so I mean, I could see like he's sort of like Tony Robbins meets Wayne and Garth. Uh, yeah, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> I, he he has a persona. I mean, he wears the same outfit all the time—a white T-shirt and white. Jeans, so he looks like he's coming over to paint your house. Or a member of Yorkish. Or a member of Yorkish, yeah, for those of you in the Denver area. I, I hadn't, maybe maybe that's where Andrew W.K. went, because, <laughs> and I mean, his songs are what you would expect from a guy who sings about partying a lot, or at least the first few records are. The first, what, two albums? Two or three. I mean, there was... The third one didn't come out in America until after the one we're talking about, but it was recorded beforehand. And it's a beautiful album. It's a beautiful album. That I came think out. I think Fifty Five Cadillac makes perfect sense in context of that album, which was Close Calls with Brick Walls, which is a, a perfect name for it too. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it was released only in Japan and Korea, I think, in like two thousand six, two thousand seven, somewhere in there. But he claimed there was a legal issue where he couldn't use his own name in America. Then again, we're again, it could be a gag order imposed by the courts, or it could be an elaborate prank or publicity stunt mm-hmm. or hoax. Or it could be that, you know, his other personality just isn't telling him what's going on. I it's the thing is he will happily answer your questions, but his questions are um confusing. <laughs> Well, his answers are not particularly enlightening, so it's hard to tell. Well, like the uh, I Get Wet? Yeah. Right, yeah. You that, know, ostensibly, one. that's about um, being at a party and sweating a lot, right? You right. Know, that you're popping around, having fun. <laughs> or at least that's what he said, yes. That's mm-hmm. what he says, right? So, Well, you know how certain music seems really uh, weird and uh, like a a kind of bizarre pairing or a really strange aesthetic until you, you, you find out what... Uh, what substances are being consumed, uh, being consumed or are intended to be paired with 
uh, you know, said yes. bizarre aesthetic. Like a fine and, wine and this goes it's, well with. It's like, a, it's like a missing puzzle piece or something. It's like, oh, that, so, but this is a weird one. So yeah, PCP, sure. That's like as close as anything as I can, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I, I get really confounded reading the theories that are around. Yes. I mean, and how you many can, of them is he behind? Yeah, well, I, exactly. I, I guess, a, yeah, I'm confounded that there are theories behind it. <laughs> I, and, well, and there's a lot. That's one of the theories is he's perpetrating these theories mm-hmm. so people talk about him because, you know, that, that is one way of generating a mythos or publicity. Um. Oh, it's just, it's weird for me to read them and think like, well, did they listen to the albums? Yeah. Because like, cause, I, that's all I've been listening to for about two weeks. And... He's kind of telling you what he's doing. He's telling you this is an album about partying. There's Party no, hard. Yes, yeah, subtlety uh, <laughs> involved at all. There's no subterfuge. There's no... Here's my next album where one of the songs is entitled Totally Stupid. Like... Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it seems so stupid you have to assume that someone really smart is behind it. Yeah, or a group of people collaborating yes, in this it, effort An Illuminati, to... a conspiracy, mm-hmm. something. It just seems... I mean, when he first came out, the rumor was that Dave Grohl was <laughs> written and, and recorded this album and just hired some guy to pretend to be stupid Andrew W.K., but... That wasn't the Foo Fighters? That'd be no. the, best, <laughs> the best thing Dave Grohl's done in my lifetime. Yeah, I don't think Dave here. Grohl's smart enough to pull that <laughs> no, off. No, but, you know, that was but, 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 he was know, the first of the many theories that was put out there, and I think that's the first one we can easily shoot down. This is not Dave Grohl. He, he sort of has Dave Grohl's hair circa <laughs> 1992, but this is not Dave Grohl. And I mean, Andrew W.K. did go on to have like a couple of TV shows, one where he like destroyed houses and then rebuilt them, and another where he'd like answer reader mail and, and give them love advice and stuff. So he seemed like he was around a lot in like the, you know, downfall days of MTV and yeah he was on MTV too and stuff like that a lot did he give a lot of good advice it was the guy has a very positive i mean psychotically so um outlook i mean it's it's kind of like if you had the message of Mr. Rogers but delivered in the uh, cadence and aggressiveness of a professional wrestling promo i mean yeah m- mr rogers does lsd and watches wrestling for six hours exactly. yeah I- you're gonna be positive you're gonna be feel you're gonna be feeling good you're gonna be special you're a special person i mean that's really <laughs> yeah. what it's like and i, was, I mean I, I i i admire it. it it's overwhelming at a certain point but you know if fred rogers was bipolar one and they only filmed him <laughs> when he was manic yeah that- there you go so, I mean, and, and his music up till this album sort of reflected that. It was very upbeat, loud, stupid, stupid with two O's, stupid, party fun. No, you cannot say that about Close Calls with Brick Walls, though. That is That true. is an artistic mental breakdown. There you go. And I mean, his second album was supposed to He's be a just little... just like, I have to do art now? Yeah. yeah. Well, his, I, I can't his... do this anymore. I can't play this the part. The voices in... This is, this is well, his he was a classically laugh. trained <laughs> pianist before he became, you know... Mr. S T O O P I D <laughs> from from the Midwest, right? Wasn't he from yeah. Michigan? Detroit. No, he was I, from we, New York, and he moved to Detroit. Or Ann Arbor? Was it? Uh, it's somewhere, yeah. But yeah, he, we'll say this: he did voluntarily and intentionally move to Florida later. <laughs> He's a guy who felt at home 
in Florida. <laughs> so he's kind of, he's, well. Hey, don't knock Florida. I'm not knocking I, Florida. I, I I'm just dead, saying. So, so is, there, is there a Kid Rock connection here? It's like, is, is this no, like, I mean, uh, this guy certainly seems more self-aware and definitely less toxic than Kid Rock. So this isn't like, mm. he's, yeah, this isn't like Kid Rock without the red baseball cap. It's something No, else. this yeah. is, this, this is a lot more fun. It's a lot less um, bro-y. Although there is definitely a uh, broisms, yeah. No, that first, first album is the broiest thing yes. I've ever listened to. Yeah, it is. It is the sound of of strutting. He was for a brief time their their leader. Yes, but he, well, if he was a puppet, the brainwashing started to wear off by the time the third album came out, or the the other personality, Steve Mike, started to come out, or you know. The, the people in control thought this would be a good change of direction, but for whatever reason... This hadn't occurred to me before, but, you know, bros are kind of a good demographic to exploit if you can, you know, as if one could just snap their fingers and sell out to a particular group of people, but you could do worse. I mean, hmm. take, yeah. their, take their money. Were you a white guy who got really heavy into chaos magic and wanted to start a fake cult? What yeah. group would you target? Oh, they got they got cash to burn. They're kind of dumb. They're, they definitely <laughs> fall for shit like pretty easy. Drunk most of the time. Yeah. But. So, <laughs> but then, and I mean, he. When I first read the Wikipedia, which is the Oracle of All Knowing Knowingness, um, it sounded like this album was recorded after he had a legal dispute with you know an old friend who may or may not have helped him create this persona or at least felt entitled to it and who had hacked his website and either because there was a court order or because he just didn't want to call the guy out. He was not very specific about it, but he was like, this is me just celebrating not having to do what I'm told and I'm just, this is the sound of freedom. And the album in question, 55 Cadillac, is essentially... um, the sound of a guy farting around on a piano for 38 minutes. I read some interviews where he was saying that he wanted it to feel like you're in a car with him. I think that was in the promo yes. for the album, too. While he's playing the piano. Yeah. Which seems and it, dangerous. It does. It yeah. does. Yes. There <laughs> like, are. Imagine being on a road trip with a guy who's clearly pretty fucking weird. Yeah. And he's <laughs> telling you stories and it will occasionally get stuck on a tone or a joke or a color. Yes. As if he had some sort of um, chemically induced or, mm-hmm. you know, neurologically genetic uh, Interesting. skip in the brain. Yes. Synapses firing unusually. I'm just tripping out on how, how do you get the piano in the Cadillac? Sounds well, like that's you why know. you get the 55 Cadillac. It's <laughs> I know they're big. It's a big yeah, back then, seat, you know. It's like, I know no, you could put four feet people across that bench seat yeah. comfortably, but. Are you Still. advocating for a keytar in the car? It's a key car. <laughs> Stop. Somebody interrupt me <laughs> before this goes farther. There you go. Yeah. Um, so that, that, is, that was the first impression I had of this was that this was just sort of him celebrating the fact that he had gotten out of this bad business deal or paid off his blackmailer or whatever, and he wanted to do something that wasn't obviously partying so he did a, what he called it spontaneous solo piano improvisations i guess and did, did you mention this it was also uh, he he mentioned something about getting away from his 
interview handlers or something like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Again, I, Dave Chappelle goes poppy. Exactly. I, it, you know, if if he's he's either stoking these fires intentionally, knowing that this is good for him, or he really doesn't know what's going on. And either way, it's a uh, it's a hilarious ass car crash. It, well, it, in some sometimes quite literally. So. And I mean, he is clearly a very talented pianist, but um, we got to mention the pizza guitar. Yes, he does have a he and a, a taco guitar? guitar. Yes. Oh I, boy, <laughs> we does make, he? Oh my we, god! Check the Facebook page after I am, this I am comes out. Tipping we, my hat to the ESP custom shop. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. No. Yeah. Look, I'm doubling down on look, my Andrew WK theory. Yeah. Look. Yes. Look. It's <laughs> oh, it's a, it's beautiful. My theory is that he was in a collaborative effort with some friends that he was really close to for a long period of time and then just suffered through playing the same songs over and over again as an, as an, like, an avant-garde artist who wants to express himself. Yes. Had a creative mental breakdown in the form of an album that had an extra album attached to it, basically, <laughs> and then noodled around on the piano for a while. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, he's still out there. He put out an album just last year. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah. I mean, he's still... I mean, he's not well-known, but he is a cult figure. He has mm-hmm. his followers oh who are probably just guitar. as um, into his message as they are into his music, because his music is, at least other than this album, including this album, kind of simple, shall we say? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it may be deceptively simple, but it is not, you know, it's designed for partying and not analysis or criticism yeah he's clearly always been picking up on some kind of underlying current in our fucked up american culture um yeah maybe it's that we're a secret death cult from the founding or maybe it is that we're just that focused on the ephemera of parties yeah well i mean you know compared to like lmfao or whatever who also did you know had a party centric persona and career I, yeah, I think he, this is a little more positive, a little less hedonistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's certainly... He grew into he not grew. being such a douchebag. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because, you know, the handlers lost control of the puppet or, you know, he grew as a human being or it, who knows, but... Do you know how old, old he was when, uh, when his hit hit? I think he was only like 21 or so, but again... Well, that can explain a lot, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of are, sense. Yeah scarce i mean no he was born in the 70s right he might have been i do not have that information so he might have been in his 30s he he's in good shape and and like a cartoon character not only does he wear the same outfit he does not seem to have aged in the last you know 15 20 years or he got replaced with a double that's like menudo exactly well i mean there are shows that you know are well-known in the Andrew W.K. conspiracy circles as, oh, that was a show that the, the other guy showed up and not the... That was that was Steve Mike and not the real Andrew W.K. I am the walrus. If there is a real Andrew W.K. So, well, musically, let's let's concentrate on the album at hand. What, what does this sound like? I mean, what genre would you put this in? New Age? Jazz? Uh, classical? Uh, it's kind of contemporary classical. Yeah, I think he. I think it's termed on the wiki as being new age. Yeah, it's but. it's it's not like a lot of things. I mean, what it sounds like most to me is you know when I was in college, there was a suite of rooms in one building that had you know practice rooms for 
various people playing the piano, and this is what people would do to warm up by themselves when no one was listening. You know, playing as fast as they can and, you know, making mistakes and moving on. Is there such a genre as uh, musician post-ego death? If there is, there's not a enough albums in it, but this might <laughs> actually qualify. It is, yeah, he is, he is, he and his relationship to his identity, he has on occasion said that he is not Andrew W.K. Or but he's that, also said that he is. Yes. He said he is not Steve Mike, but he also said that he used to go by Steve Mike. So there did, is some... How did this album get released? Well, after the legal troubles, which may or may not have existed with Steve Mike, he founded his own record label. You know, since, you know, I mean, the, the first album sold pretty well. The second album, which he played all the instruments himself, did not sell as well. And the third album, the um, challenging close calls with brick walls for, you know, whatever legal or artistic reasons did not get released. So I'm sure, I think it was Island Records or whoever signed him was more than happy to let him do his own thing. I mean, this album couldn't have cost a whole lot to make, so... I don't know what it sold, but, you know, it was... It, I think there were a lot of pissed-off bros. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like an album that's all going to be about cars. Like, oh, I like partying. Yeah, I well, like cars. If you're, you know, making your album about feeling free with yourself for the first time, of course you're going to go with Americana imagery. Yeah. I like that uh, the promo you guys shared, um, if, I don't know, on our Twitter or somewhere, yeah. we'll have, a, there's a link to the the uh, video promo for this album, which is just kind of vocodery voiced Andrew WK describing his concept for it with some very goofy uh, graphics of a, a 55 Cadillac. And uh, yeah, that I listened to, the, I watched that promo like right before I listened to the album straight through and it really kind of made it for me. It was nice. It was just this, <laughs> an explanation. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's what he's doing. I'm glad, I'm glad he was uh, very clear about that. That, uh, that really framed it nicely. I understand. Okay. As, yeah. as much as he can be understood. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're going for, and yeah, well, you're, you're kind of pulling it off most of the time. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I don't know why you're doing it, but okay, yeah. Well, shall we dive in? The, the first track is the appropriately titled Begin the Engine. sets the tone mm-hmm. if you're impatient you're not gonna like this album so go ahead and take a it's minute, only so. like 20 minutes long yeah like the whole album it's not <laughs> a long album no have a little patience for a minute of intro it's 20 minutes yes yes you have the time yeah and no, i dug that a lot too just because you know having just done metal machine music which is just unrelenting <laughs> which I'm, is you know 58 minutes of nothing but intro <laughs> This, this manages to stay actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And 
you can sort of see his um his MO here, which is usually his left hand is doing something very simplistic, very consistent, and his right hand is just wandering. <laughs> play very fast. I'll give him that. There's some, yeah. I mean, that's some not necessarily in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a goal to be reached, but that is... And, and you know, yeah. in time, for the yeah. most part. So, well, I mean, when you're playing by yourself, you don't need the strictest rhythm, but... And this is one of those songs where this is a good example of getting stuck on a topic while you're yeah. in a car, the car with somebody... And wanting to tell them just to shut the fuck up, but yeah, they changed got, the like, topic some sort right of musical before. Musical Tourette's or something. Yeah. So why did he call it "begin the engine" as opposed to "start the engine" like a normal human being would? We are the car. We, we are the engine that is driving Andrew W.K. So is there an emotion that the title and or song evokes? It's kind of antsy, but it's kind of relaxing. I'm not quite sure what he's trying to do, but I'm not sure if he accomplishes it either. No, I really think he's just trying to show in sound his own way what he thinks it would be like being in a car with him. There you go. So this is just the sound of the, the engine this idling. Is, for this is when you go, minutes. "Hey, Andrew WK, how have you been?" That's the beginning, and then uh, it perks up a little bit. Yeah, once once Car's the warming up, the PCP right, right. kicks in, uh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, uh, you're the one driving. Uh, <laughs> no, I I like. I mean, I like this tune. It, like Rachel says, it kind of goes nowhere, and right when it's real, the, that going nowhere is starting to drive you crazy, it sort of changes a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, so that, there's, there's a little minimalistic quality. Th- to it, it does yeah. have a the this song and the album have a really nice kind of lyrical conversational sort of flow through mm-hmm. them. And, you know, usually. You, you know, at the top of something like this, you'd have like sort of a, an, an overture or something. Statement. Or, yeah, theme. it's like, hey, it, this is where we're going. You Which know, is this is where highly... we're going to go for the next little while. And this doesn't really have any of that. It's it's like, yeah, how are yeah, you doing? just kind of bubbles. It's going to be a different kind of party. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I do like um, Slant Magazine had a quote that I, I felt was worth copying down it says it takes inconsequentiality and formlessness to an extent that few albums reach inconsequentiality yes I mean he it, it was a positive review saying it's hard to make something less consequential than this album that is um which I, I don't know if that's an admirable goal but he he certainly was definitely unique in that in that respect I suppose I mean, is that, is that, yeah. It's hard to say that's a goal, right? But I don't know if it was his goal. It, it would be hard to do without making it intentional, though. It's not as corny as the his other stuff. Like, the, the partied out stuff is kind of corny, and it's, like, immediately, 
like obvious that it's corny well, because the song's called "Hey, this is a corny fucking song." Yeah, you know, and then you're like, "Oh, that's ironic," and then they start, and that's the actual lyrics, and you're oh, okay. But <laughs> this is this draws you in a little bit. Well, I was gonna say that that the the party stuff seems maybe more inconsequential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm at least inconsequential to the world. Yeah. This may be very important to him. But. Yeah. Well, this is a man who goes on to talk at length about existentialism. So I think talking about how the things that you care about are inconsequential is pretty, that's pretty in there with their with existential thought. Yeah. It's important to be unimportant or something. So is he a nihilist? I don't think so. He's far too positive. I don't know. There's a positivity in nihilism. It can be. At, but, if nothing matters, but then... But it's not that he doesn't believe in anything. He believes in partying. The real question is, what does he mean by partying? Because yeah, I don't think mean? it's just, you know, get drunk <laughs> and play loud music. Because this is not drunk or loud music music. Well, that's the... the the existential question is, what is partying? Yes. What is partying? Whoa. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bill and Ted, man. Well, shall we go on to the next track, which is Seeing the Car? Wait, has the car just been there idling the whole time? <laughs> Well, I certainly hope he didn't begin the engine before he could see the car. Yeah. Well, maybe someone else, you know, with the beginning, the car zipping across the... Uh, He's only seeing it for the first time, and someone else began the engine. Right, right. So there's two people at play. Ooh, Perhaps. dualism. Or, or, right. Or maybe there's just... Right. Maybe he's in the car and someone else saw it. Does, there you go. Does this one sync up with Repo Man? Yeah. <laughs> Everything does if you try hard enough. This song's a lot more... um. Romantic, shall we say? I could hear this with like a, a rain stick and some wind chimes. Yeah. It's the fetishization of the car. This is a dude in like the lounge, like not the fancy bar on the cruise ship, but like the up top, like kind of yes. just the tiny. It's a piano bar. Yeah. Or a mall. Yeah, there you or go. a mall. Well, they just yes. have the player piano, the. the the yeah. robot would be playing the thing. In yeah, the mall. The guys Fancy trying mall. to sell the pianos at the piano store, in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> like showing. See, it's got the the piano sound. You can play. That's a better concept. A fun than machine. I'm a piano salesman, and sometimes I have to play so that people will believe that the pianos make a sound. That would be amazing if we discovered he worked as a. In a music store, as say a young man, as a he demonstrator actually, of, you know, pianos. No, he actually was a bubble gum, bubble gum machine salesman before he hit it big. He sold the machines. He, yeah, he that sold bubble like gum machines. That sounds like a constructed mythology. I don't yeah, believe that I, I for a second. Say, I've never seen a bubble gum machine, so it seems. But that's so odd. Yes. You've never seen a bubble gum machine. Well. Like a machine that makes bubblegum or sells it? Or? Oh, oh, you no, mean like, that's what it was. I, I was thinking just the thing the that coin. you put a quarter in and turn the knob. Oh, I guess, yeah. Just yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> For some reason, now, I was picturing like this huge... Now, an industrial no. bubblegum machine, that would be odd. Yes. That would be very odd. I can't imagine there's a lot of people <laughs> yeah, who... It's a growth industry. <laughs> this song has suddenly become far more jaunty, jubilant. This is pretty... Uh, um, 
Tiny Toons or uh, uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, Bugs Bunny is chasing somebody with a hammer or something right now. thought do you think he put into these did you think he sat down and said i'm going to do something mellow here or it's just these are the notes that happen to come out one after another i think he made an outline of what he wanted the songs to feel like there you go and then just noodled I would agree with that. there's yeah. enough there's enough um difference between the songs that, that it seems that he couldn't have just been improvising there would be much more i mean There'd be much more repetition if that was the case. But even yeah. if it's pure improvisation, but you had themes that you set up beforehand, then you could, you know, that you could make enough um, difference. Do you think uh, they're tied to the titles at all? Because I'm, I'm not getting the connection. But it could be the titles were applied afterwards. <laughs> yeah, is he making like an extreme metaphor and philosophical thought to? making noises on his piano or is he just sitting down and making noises on his piano and then adding something on top mm-hmm. later in the titles to try and make it seem intentional i don't know yeah i think he's winging it i mean yeah probably yeah, an outline yeah. probably some thematic thing i, I kind of wonder how much they shuffled the order of these or if it was you know kind of conceived that in the way that these would go in a specific order or something like that but it sounds pretty planned out, but also pretty uh, uh, fast, fast and loose. Well, yeah, he could have just picked a, a you know maybe a, a key and a and a and a tempo or part of a melody or something. Yeah, tempo or here's part a of a melody. Left hand that's, thing yeah. I can do pretty fast. Yeah, like I have five motifs that fit in this song. Yeah, and there are a couple of songs where you can hear him playing, you know, what might be deemed a wrong note or certainly an unintentional and something that seems outside of what he had been doing up to that point. And he will immediately pivot off of that and try and make it seem like that was planned. Yeah, well, there, there is a, uh, um, a um, the technique that, it, that is used by, well, probably not just pianists, but, but uh, jazz pianists. Yeah. I know for sure that, that, that uh, part of improvisation is waiting until you do something that clearly sounds wrong, and then you keep playing that until it sounds right. Yeah, and so maybe that's um you know, I I can see that in the not this one as much, but there's a couple of tracks <laughs> where he hits something and he's like, well, I better hit it again or it'll look like a mistake. <laughs> but this is definitely more classically driven than jazz. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and and pretty like kind of modern classical yeah. stuff, uh, but certainly not like written beforehand or composed. You can't get the sheet music to this. Well, you probably could now. Yeah, yeah. Someone say. transcribed yeah, yeah. it, somebody, but yeah. yeah. Somebody's always transcribed I can it, play it note for note. I'm a really bored <laughs> music school student. I don't believe Andrew did any um, touring or shows promoting this album. Which Do we is, have any evidence how well this sold? I don't have any evidence of that, but I can't imagine it sold well. Again, you know, like most instrumental music, it's somewhat of a niche market, and Andrew WK's name probably doesn't say a whole lot to that particular niche. So, And I would think the markets for New Age music probably would not see Andrew WK and go, oh, there's a one. That's what I'll spend next. Yes. They probably don't even know who he is. So right, maybe right. it, well, it maybe didn't hurt okay. him. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But I mean, the album cover didn't help him with it. It's very dark. It's very black. Mm-hmm. It's not inviting at all. But at least it's not, you know, his face covered in blood. So it's... <laughs> more commercial. Or the prior album where he looks like Stephen King. Yes, that was, 
Yeah, he's blood-free, but somehow even scarier. Well, shall we move on to the next track? What is this, uh, Night Driver? Ghostbusters, where Bill Murray came into Sigourney Weaver's apartment and played that little two-note thing to scare off the ghosts. There's a part in here that sounds a lot like that. Huh. <laughs> cool. And then we have a drum solo at the very end. Yeah. It's just hitting the piano, which I imagine hurts your hands like hell, but it's a cool sound. I mean, when you're trapped with on only... The lid. Yeah. When you're trapped with only one instrument, you find ways to make it sound different, I guess. The piano is a percussion instrument. Prepared piano. Yes. <laughs> I don't think the piano was prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, this is almost um, like um, dance hall kind of. Yeah, there's sort of a ragtimey, yeah, dance hall. Vaudeville, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it is difficult to just characterize. Yeah. But it also isn't weird enough to create its own classification. We had Looney Tunes in the last one. This one's a little bit more Peanuts. There you go. They have Vince Garaldi, kind of, yes. Yeah, I could see, you know, Snoopy doing that little head thing. I sort of wonder what piano he was playing on this and, you know, some of the how it was recorded and things like that, but it had to fit in the Cadillac for this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the it's the Kitar Adelac. Um, but uh, yeah, this one, man, if he played like a really kind of shitty out of tune upright, maybe like a tack piano or something, it would have had some some cool you know, character. I, I'm not encouraging this to be a you know wishing that this was like a, a, a you know ELP record or something with a, a bunch of bizarro synthesizers and stuff, but. I don't know. There's there's some of these songs where it's like, yeah, the piano did, didn't sound quite so classical. Well, it's even it's even hard to the the piano that whatever piano is playing doesn't have a whole lot of character to it. Yeah, in, even of itself, right? I mean, you don't even necessarily, or at least I didn't go. Oh, that must be a that must be a Steinway Grand yeah. or something, right? It's just sort of. That's a good piano. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you told me he recorded this whole thing on a fucking MIDI controller and, you know, used the first, you know, grand, mini grand patch that he he found, and yeah, I would... Michael. I would be okay. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. A lot of reverb when they mastered it, and, yeah. uh, and here we are. Which, again, yeah. brings up the question, well, if he had something more intentional playing, would he have gotten a p- different piano depending on the song. Does this also maybe fall into our tax shelter? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Again, like the Lou Reed album, I don't think anyone else was in the studio when he recorded it. Did he have to... What was his record contract? I mean, like, that's... This sort of thing is, like, this reminds me of, like, uh, you know, the Melvins famously, like, were pissed off at their record label and, you know, had 
had like a five record uh, contract or something and having done one or two already they turned in the remaining three or four you know in the next three months you know to so they get could, the hell out of there to get the hell out of there which is not what the you know the record company was expecting and they're all really cool and interesting but some of them contain right, this this sort of stuff <laughs> but publicly he's selling he's selling this you know such as he did sell it yeah as as what what did you say it's this is the sound of freedom yes this mm-hmm. is a man finally unchained and and doing what he wants to do so this is what he wants to do. So, so this could either it could either be just a, a really big risk, yeah. sort of exposing yourself like that, or or as you're getting at it, it's just some weird kind of come on. It's just some sort of fake, um, like. But is it bad because of that? Like that's the thing. Like yeah. I, I sort of what is partying, Matt? I don't know if it makes a difference, right? Yeah, like, I mean, is this background music, or should you be paying attention to this? I mean, is Andy Kaufman really funny? Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is the question. Is is the only one enjoying the joke Andy Kaufman? There, There is something to that. I mean, you know, it's funny, but only if you are Andy Kaufman. (laughs) Or... Or is it meant to be publicly consumed and we're on the same page, like, say, Banksy, where, you know, this is sort of a graffiti statement. Yeah, that... Oh, boy, is that giving it both of them way too much credit. (laughs) (laughs) Or it could just be, this is a, you know, a drugged-out partier who used to play piano a lot, who, you know, had no real idea of what he wanted to do, but he's like, I liked playing piano. And that's what he did. Yeah, again, if you've been playing the same songs over and over again for five years about partying, yeah, and do you this. give a fuck? Exactly. What he, your he, audience he, likes? Yeah. You think his, the amount of disdain just, for yeah. the audience, I think I find a little bit admirable. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I like that. It's, I don't know. Is it? It's like trolling his audience a yeah. little bit too. If he knows. Well, yeah, particularly if he's, if he's not the kind of guy that his persona presents him to be, he may actively disdain the bros, as it were, who did show up and were like, yeah, 12 songs that all have the word party in the title? I'm down with that. In a non-ironic fashion. And they all have to wonder how long they have to keep pretending they like piano music, like <laughs> modern classical piano I, I, solo performance for uh I think when he first came on the scene people didn't even know he played piano much less classically. I think he he just stood at a microphone and sang. So it was sort he, of a He talked about it a lot like early yeah. on like just that was you know. No, I play I think I remember seeing, you know, when the uh the broken nose uh which by the way that. is a, a terrible rip off of uh uh, uh damaged album cover of a black black flag um but I, I remember you know seeing a lot of interviews where he maybe even played some piano in one of them because he was talking about you know well, he's trying he to prove into. that he wasn't just yeah. this but no one was listening so that's why he had to do a whole album of it and say you know seriously i played the fucking piano leave me alone and who wrote most of the music? I mean, this obviously is him, mm-hmm. but I meant his other albums. Who's the songwriter? Well, it's credited to Andrew W.K. Yeah, but again... <laughs> but who are? Who is? <laughs> is there an Andrew W.K.? And how many people are in that corporation? Because he does, he does refer to himself as a corporation a mm-hmm. lot, too. 
which adds to the whole conspiracy fuel fire. There must be an Andrew WK podcast or two, right? At least two. Yeah. You would imagine. There's there's a podcast so it could on be, everything. You know, you mean, it could mean corporate as many people or many people inside of Yes, he is him. legion, as it right, were. Right, yes, yeah. So, hmm. the three faces of Andrew WK. Shall we move on to... Um, that's what that was, that's what's one of them's called. Central oh. Park Cruiser. <laughs> Yep. Shout out to the Three Faces of Andrew WK podcast. mentioned uh sarcastically uh louis ck at the beginning this seems like one of louis ck's like black and white the like <laughs> goofy yeah like film things <laughs> which is kind of similar because i was like yeah i like quirky weird artsy film shit but are we supposed to think this is good <laughs> it's like who's, who's gonna crack first <laughs> yeah so speaking of louis ck how masturbatory is this Probably all the way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is. This I mean, this is what me, he uh, did instead of getting a therapist. Yes. Yeah. This, this is wanking of the highest order. <laughs> I don't know if you, you're aware of, of this or not, and I apologize. I'm drawing a blank on the other character, but Ray Manzarek did an album or two with this poet, whose name is unfamiliar to me, um, or, or lost to me at the moment. That yeah. was not Jim Morrison. So this was yeah. long after the the doors were hmm. closed. Were, were no more. And uh, apparently, this poet guy basically just. Um, uh, nagged him because I guess they were friends until yeah. they got into a studio and he basically would read his poems and then Manzarek would come up with a soundtrack for his poems. Hmm. So he'd play music according to whatever he was listening to. And, and actually the, 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 the compositions are quite masterful, oh, right? For being Im- improvised. This reminds me of that a lot, but without the input of kind of a, a, uh, uh, you know, a, a um, poetic direction yeah. of what is exactly oh, I'm trying man. to convey, mm-hmm. right? So, so he should have tracked down Shatner. Yes. Just <laughs> right. been yes. Just. <laughs> like when they had silent movies and they wow. have a live pianist, you know, accompanying it, it would be kind of yeah. of that vein. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that this, song, this, this song in particular, it really does sound like a, you know, a, a backing to something. Yes. 
right? That it is supporting something, but we That's have missing. utterly no idea what it is. I, I again, I, I enjoy a this a lot, but Scott's thing at the top of this just like this sounds like the sound coming out of uh, the rehearsal room at the community college um, yes. is just that it's what I'm hearing in my head when I say those words, yeah. you know, I remember those pianos. I remember that rehearsal. I, you know, I remember all of them being full and just sitting there having to listen to eight different pianists playing eight different things quietly, simultaneously waiting my turn. Those were the days. I, re I remember we, we had those as well. There was one that had a harpsichord in it. Oh, it was nice. often locked, and one day it wasn't, and I um I just went in there and spent and way too piggies. much time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that is a strange instrument, and I wouldn't mind hearing him play a harpsichord. That would be kind yeah. of yeah. Some some instrumental change up would be nice on this album, and you know, spoiler alert, there will be some. And at the end, at the very end, and that, oh, yeah. I, the, I, so, the only song you actually need to listen to off this album because the rest of it might as well be one song. Yeah, and I will admit I was not spoiled. I as much as I read about this album, nobody mentioned it's all solo except for one song, and I was so thrilled and tickled when that happened. I was like, mm -hmm. wow. Wow. I mean, I, it may not even be that great. I was just so... You finished your dinner, Scott. You can have ice cream. <laughs> well, it, like, like the end of you know Metal Machine Music, I was looking for something to prove that I had listened to it, and there it was. There is drums and guitars and what not on here, so... I was very happy when we get. Oh, don't to that spoil song. metal machine music. Oh, th this this. <laughs> oh there's, yeah, you have to listen to all sixty-three minutes of that. There's deafening silence at the end of. <laughs> well, there's deafening something. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to track five, which is entitled Five? Because clearly we're out of ideas for names. Seems pretty lazy. <laughs> you can just call it Party with a Piano. Pretty straight path, though. <laughs> Some say love. <laughs> These are like karaoke backing tracks, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's about what we got. Just oh. need words and visuals of like seagulls at a sunset and a, and a bouncy ball. There you go. Yeah, this church really pays high dollar for their their pianist. Yes, they, yeah. they can't afford an organist, so they, they pay high for the. the so music. so as a, as an occasion other yeah. than karaoke, where would you play this song? This track feels almost like a wedding march. If for some reason you didn't have the rights to the wedding, <laughs> or, or maybe when people were being seated. There you go. Yes, prelude music. So I did, you know, when I was thinking about five, I was like, well, there's got to be a better title. So I did a quick search. I found 13 different song titles that Andrew W.K. has written with the word party in it. 
party. It's time to party. Party hard. Party till you puke. Party all goddamn night. We party, you shout. Big party. The party god. The power of partying. Partying mindset. The party never dies. Party, party, party. Long live the party. And party on your grave. Nice. Tight. So, you know. <laughs> if you're looking for a party soundtrack, all those are available on Spotify. <laughs> party, party, party might be my favorite. I like party on your grave. Because that, that takes the positive party message and has a um, <laughs> deeper, darker meaning to it. Is, that, is he going to party on my grave, or is it an instruction for me to party on my own grave? That reminds me of those bumper stickers that say, you know, when, when, when I die, bury me face down so the world can kiss my ass. I don't see many of those anymore. No, they're well, they're very poetic. Well, f- funeral yeah. plots are pretty expensive these days. Yeah, Nobody's <laughs> doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm cremated, you know. Yeah. When they entomb me in the mausoleum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm taxidermied. Feed me to somebody who'd be really grossed out by it. That's, uh... Yeah. What is it? What is that called? What is, what, is, what is it done? I mean, what's the end product? The verb, the the taxidermied. Right, right. The the you know what is the thing called that's been stuffed? Uh, a dead animal. <laughs> Tr- trigger. Trigger. It's taxidermy. I think. Tax- is it just taxidermy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was the process, but. It's both. Well, this is the this is what this album is inspiring. Now. <laughs> it is. Google searches for how to properly taxidermy your kill. <laughs> Indeed. Just ask for more. You have the little diorama with the, the, old the squirrel and the, you know, the raccoon in Mortal Kombat. With, no, that's too. Maybe like a squirrel and like a crab or something. <laughs> you know. This next tune is called City Time. Yes, and if if you're playing it, you know, all consecutively, you would have no idea that the last song ended and this was a different song. These do sound like a, an, an interlude uh, in like a ELP song, mm-hmm. but just <laughs> just the one, yeah, where, yeah, where it I plays. Could, I could totally see Andrew WK in 2020 uh, putting out a prog album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone would. Although, and it'll be a song, this would be like subtitle A, movement B, yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Going on a, on a voyage. Right. I'm pretty sure Keith Emerson, you know, rest in peace, could have played this entire album with one hand while playing the Tarkus riff with his other. <laughs> so. This, um, <laughs> so city time, what does that mean in the context of the music, you think? Well, it's the... Other than five, it's the first track that doesn't really reference cars. Yes. So I wonder if side two is he's out of the car, he's in the city. This doesn't feel very like. Well, it's it's night. Maybe it's not a city that doesn't no, sleep. Right? But yeah, it's not very. Yeah, lively. are you parked it behind a dry cleaner, smoking a bowl, like? Yeah, same yeah. for yeah. Under a bridge, maybe. There you go. Under the bridge. So pretty ball. pretty taxi driver. Yes. Somebody's stalking someone else while this is playing. Oh, <laughs> and now it's getting weird. He's really fond of those, whatever those are called, those rolls or yeah, glissandos or something. Yeah, yeah. The mustachioed villain riff. Yes. <laughs> I'll get you next time. My hero. There it is. There's, that's exactly what you're talking about. Is the. Um, 
how he get, he, he gets a little stuck on an idea. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and it and almost makes you uncomfortable. It'll switch right before you really get annoyed with it. Not, and not switch a lot, just enough so you feel like, okay. There it almost sounded like he got distracted. And then, like and someone had, was giving him a message and he was like, <laughs> you know. And, and then he came back to it. I was like, oh yeah, like, I'm recording an album now. Can I call you back? Okay. <laughs> I like the one where he has the, the couple of songs where he has a very definite like rhythmic motif. Mm-hmm. And this one kind of like honks along and, and feels kind of film noir, um, you know, black and white, you know, kind of thing. Uh, ver- if- versus the like t- tons of pedal, yeah, classical sort of Airy, thing. This, yeah, yeah, this gets Enya. a little bit more drivey. Enya. Orinoco flow. <laughs> you gotta watch out for that Orinoco flow, a, or you'll maybe, get wet. I have a friend, Jason Mullinax, who's a, a pretty awesome uh, experimental musician and, and jazz drummer and everything. Who uh, kind of, having grown up in the middle of nowhere, completely unironically cites Enya as like a, an inspiration among a bunch of other different things that have nothing are super weird and have nothing to do <laughs> it's yeah. like i don't yeah what hits you hits you there's no it's like ronaldo and the loaf the locust and inya <laughs> and inya but okay. is this, but is uh but i wonder i wonder had he been in the middle of nowhere and had this album if it would have had the same kind of influence it's hard to to, to latch onto it so it's hard for it to make an impact you can enjoy it but you can't you can't like repeat listen to it. You can't go. Oh, I can't wait to get to this one part again because I, I don't know. I think it's it's good. It's enjoyable. I'm gonna it's listen good. to it again. Yeah, I'll listen to it again because it's all setting up for the last song, which is again the only song you need to listen to on, on this whole album. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you want the you can have the half hour version of that song, or you can have the the four minute version of that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're not there yet. No, we've got we've got the pen ultimate track. I think we're overselling it now. Well, no, I don't comparatively, so. I mean, once you've sat through the other 30 minutes, that album, that last song is so great. Yeah. This is the not quite title track. It's just called Cadillac. No. Was it? Okay, never mind. Isn't it? Yeah, no, you're right. No, it's uh, whatever the next one is. Car Nightmare? Oh, yeah. Oh, Car, oh, Car Nightmare. Nightmare, yes. Yeah. That's the penultimate track? Car that Nightmare? is it, yes. Okay. This is the ballad on the album. Car nightmare. I like this one. This is cool too. This is kind of spy jazzy as well. Yeah, I like the ambiguity of that as well. Is it car nightmare like Christine, or is it um, the nightmare of a car? Of a car, right? Like what would a I'm car... going to run out of gas and be stranded on the side of the road forever? <laughs> my owner doesn't love me and will never change my oil. Oil, oil, oil. There are parts of the song that sound very Philip Glass too. Yeah, he gets sort of locked in. The left and the right hand are doing the same pattern. And again, when he gets stuck on something, he stays stuck for a bit. But it's very Philip Glass for a minute. This is very ballady. You are, you are correct in that. And and um, But given his um, public persona, yeah. it, it's almost, you know, I really expect more noise. 
Yeah. No, here well, comes with the a, mustachioed villain again. Mm-hmm. With a, a title like Car Nightmare, you would expect something creepy like a Danny Elfman or whatever. Well, I guess this is kind no, of No, yeah, it picks up into fully, like, almost spy jazzy kind of... Dun, dun, Danny dun. Elfman, who wrote a song about how hot little girls are. Yeah, yeah, well... Um, never never let him live that down. It, uh, it, it was not even, like, a awesome. subtle <laughs> song about it. It was entitled, I Like Little Girls. Yeah. With a creepy video to... Yeah. Well, I, was, I was unaware of that, but... Um, never let him live it down. No. It's, <laughs> musically, it's a great song. Um... <laughs> So, so did, he, did he do that in a kind of um, um, Ironic. Dan, Rand, Randy Newman sort of way? Or? We can only hope. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's so weird. I would argue that this album has uh, as many ideas, as much uh, variety and uh, original ideas as uh, Danny Elfman's film scoring career in the last, <laughs> I don't know, 20 years. Sorry, well, big Oingo Boingo fan. And like, then he met like, Tim Burton. Well, like, you know, he's like a lot of his stuff, but he's yeah. really good at grabbing, you know, existing tropes and yeah. cramming them all together, right? But, you know, like we need the uh, the funny sound now and this, the uh, crazy sound. This is the scary, the scary clown sound. Right, right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He's, but he's making a good living. He is stupid rich for making music, and I am not. So. Uh, <laughs> Chuck another rock. There's no justice in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you if you can find a way to water down your art and your creative output to make money off of it, that's like p- power to you. Yeah, dude. But also, I won't let you live down the little girl song, Danny Elfman. I Elfman's. was gonna say, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we'd all probably end like, up in jail. Yes. I don't like that. Uh, what album is that one on? It's like the second one, isn't it? Yeah. Is that the nothing height of- to fear? Or- uh, no, nothing to fear. I think is later, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's that that was the hit, albums. though. Like that's the funny thing is yes. that song's the hit. Andrew got stuck again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't call me Andy. <laughs> he has a song called "Don't Call Me Andy." Probably because he's secretly Andy Kaufman. Whoa. Dun, and, dun, Andy dun. Warhol. Andy Warhol. He's Andy Warhol Kaufman. That's what the WK stands for. <laughs> this is actually the best like con- conspiracy theory. I like this. It's, you know, th- and I can see why that one would be compelling because it, it both has that kind of um, absurdity that existed in both of those people's art. Yes, yes. Like, are, are they putting us on or not? Yeah, well, much like, you know, his other music, you're like, is this a sincere pastiche or is this a, a very subtle satire and it's hard to tell and it may depend on you know his mood in that day I mean you know at first it may have been more of I really like party music and it slowly morphed into I really don't like party music I'm going to do a very good facsimile of such thing but well, so uh, I know that this album isn't on the the partying kind of yeah the party bus <laughs> <laughs> the 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 bicycle bar to hell you know uh, maybe on the way home at yeah five yeah. thirty a.m. sober up but uh, sober up. but yeah the, his persona and his like other party centric albums I mean they are like I said before we started recording he's like he is some sort of bizarro Ted Nugent character and uh, and I feel like the party shit is kind of descended straight from like eighties Van Halen and just that kind of like jock rock stuff. 
Um, and that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is this with the, with the kind of Van Halen connection, is this, uh, what was the one where, where Eddie just, you know, crammed every keyboard on earth into the, the thing? Which one is that? Is that three? It's like a, or a, well, there's the, are you thinking of the Van, Van Hagar years? No, not Van Hagar years, but it was like the first one that had like a ton of synth crap on it. Oh, is it, yeah. Was that, uh, um, um, God, now I can't remember. What <laughs> I know. Emails. Was that said, Diver Down? Yeah, like maybe Diver Down. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah, Which yeah. is great, but it was just like, <laughs> all right, well, we let this guy like play around with what he was like always talking about. Yeah, he wants to play around with. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just felt like there was an interesting parallel between, uh, you know, Van Halen and, and the, the party centric, uh, Andrew WK stuff. And, and this, kind of weird weird outliery thing where it's like if we if we let him go nuts with the piano it, that's all that's going to be on there so is he like steel panther where he's clearly a joke making fun of this steel or is panther is not a joke you take that back <laughs> scott or is this like the darkness that's where it's rock just, he's trying really hard to to emulate something that most people found disposable and I don't know what you're talking about that's a completely original idea <laughs> the darkness is not or what's stealing. that Van Greta Van Fleet the, the, the Led Zeppelin back from the dead elf yeah. I know it's almost like yeah, cloned I, um, I choose to pretend that does not exist <laughs> oh, good good one of the things happy. that people said about Andrew WK for a while that he was going to be the savior the hero of rock and roll yeah they put that on like album co- or Those magazine GG covers yeah. yeah and then now we have Greta Van Fleet so thanks, Andrew. Yeah, you yeah. should have let Good Rock job. die when you had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this was his attempt to kill it. I don't. Well, yeah. It, yeah, there was know. there was that snippet in the article, uh, the DMT theory. Yes. Uh, at the very end, about he apparently in high school, either he a person he went to high school with or him posing as a person he went to high school with is telling this story about how his goal for life was to kill himself basically, but like not, not kill himself, but but cease to exist like some Charlie Manson shit. Yeah. It explode (laughs) my identity so that, so he was going to have to a first create an identity that was recognizable and then undermine it so thoroughly that he would, in essence, cease to exist. So it's kind of like killing your own hero. So does, he, does he go on the Rogan Three. podcast like every fucking week? <laughs> <laughs> Him and Elon Musk are, are hanging out in a, a Tesla driving to Burning Man. I don't know. Yeah, where's my Andrew WK vlog? Indeed. <laughs> I need this. I'm really well, tempted to believe that he's... that that um, He is being honest here. I just want to... I'm just being free. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. There's no I, other reason to do it. There's no commercial imperative behind this album. I prefer to take him at face value, which is breaking free from a constructed persona and trying to find his way back into what got him loving music. Yeah. And then the first song on his last out, al- the 2018 album, yep. is about how much he loves music. Yes. So he is kind of somewhere between the Van Halen and a TED Talk. <laughs> How does this? Yeah. So he's he's getting away from the Motor City Madman and heading towards, yeah, something else. How does this hold up against the the symphonic Zappa stuff, man? <laughs> oh yeah, it's like a, well you know you no know, it, it's like a, uh, uh, yeah that's the a amount good of question. forethought. 
Yeah, the amount of forethought is yeah, definitely, no, definitely the big distinction. Um, there, there are there are some strange uh, elements, like especially in, uh, um, you, you know, some of his stuff in Lumpy Gravy, where you do have piano excursions that that don't seem to cohere. Yeah, they don't seem to belong anywhere, right? Yes. You know, and and uh, um, but. Um, but those were even, but even those were written. Yeah. If, if not note for note, they were written in a you know in a structured format, right? Yeah. You will and, play thirty-two notes of yes, yeah, yeah. So, selecting from any of these, and uh, yeah, something along those lines, right? And, and this and, just uh, sounds much more like he's winging it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This album took as long to record as it does to listen to. <laughs> Yeah. I love that, man. With the That's exception awesome. of the last song, which let's go on to right now, the uh, not quite title track, Cadillac. Just give me that old time rock and roll. <laughs> How old are you looking for? I want the kind that soothes my soul. Ah, you got that boogie woogie fever. <laughs> That's the back of the taco guitar. Oh, wow. Well, of course, the all seeing taco guitar. An eyeball conspicuously n- not very dilated. <laughs> now, there's like this clicking noise throughout the first half of the song that I couldn't. Sounds like someone dropping lug nuts in a hubcap, but I don't know if that's what it is. If that's his bench, or if it's. I don't know. Or if he was wearing a, a bracelet. There yeah, you something go. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this was, you know, quote unquote, written the same way as the rest of these spontaneous like, solo yeah. compositions are. This is like Yanni at Red Rocks. There you go, John Tesh. Oh yeah, John Tesh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I like this song the most because it's cut like clearly a flex and kind of a fuck you to every other narrative that was out there about him at yeah. this point, like the team narrative that he didn't write his own songs yeah. that is. Pro- that his he wasn't his producer self. Steve was all taking all the credit or his other personalities were doing it. Yeah. I think this is kind of a flex because he's showing you how he writes songs. Yes. Um, which he sits down on his piano and finds a theme that he likes and plays it over and over again until it turns into something else in his head. Yeah. I could see someone adding lyrics and vocals mm-hmm. to this pretty easily. At least once it gets to the part where it repeats enough that you can add that second piano and the kick drum and then guitars. I think he definitely became a New Yorker too. Yeah, there's there's an avant-garde-ness to this, yes. right? And even his persona yeah. that belies a, you know, yeah, it's not a sincere... Well, I wouldn't say insincere either, but it is a constructed artifice. Right. Conscious. It's consciously yes. constructed as opposed to just put together willy-nilly. Yes. Now it's like Vangelis mm-hmm. or Mannheim Steamroller. If Andrew W.K. was like starting to make music in 2018, uh, he would be making music for WWE. Like, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he's not wrestling, frankly. He's too old, but... 
he's pretty he's pretty jacked though. Yeah, but it that is it's a hard that's a really thing. hard sport. It's, it's not just hard. about size and muscles, it's about a Yeah, that's not something you can dabble in. It's about gymnastics and ability to endure pain. Is this when we shout out to our local wrestling crews? No. There you go. <laughs> Big up to Lil Smasher. If only he, who's the who's the guy uh, in the? Uh, uh. We get some vocals. One word at the very end. That is just fuck yeah. That's resplendent. No, I was thinking uh, Lou Albano. Oh yes, he would have been great. And yeah. Him and Cindy Lauper. Right, and this could have been the next. Uh, yeah, the next Cindy Lauper. Yeah, yeah. Girls just want to have party. Well, <laughs> NRBQ had a had a song with uh with Captain Lou too. So um, well, yeah. uh, Andrew, you know why couldn't he have one with Gold Man. Goldberg or, or yeah? Well, I was gonna whomever. say that he is bombastic enough that yeah, it is definitely pro wrestling. That's he just mm-hmm. I couldn't see him playing for a heel though. It would have to be a face definitely, but. No, we love our heels. We love our heels, but he's far too positive. He'd have to. Yeah, yeah. He's the heel would be the guy who like fucks up the party. Yeah, <laughs> like he doesn't bring any like stuff to the party, you know, and just drinks all your beer and he tips over the party table. Yeah, gets the cops called. Or when he Spikes shows up, punch. everyone everyone sighs. Yeah, yeah. He goes to the neighbor's house and starts banging <sighs> yeah. on the door. He's like, "Hey, turn down the music." <laughs> That's the bad guy. That's how you end an album, man. That was yeah. cool as hell. Mm-hmm. Well, and much like you know the way that. Um, Trans at the end, or um, cruising with Ruben in the jet, sort of tipped its hand back to, and this is what you're going it to. It was us all along. <laughs> this yes. is really who we are, behind the mask. He just couldn't resist himself. Yeah. Well, yeah. Although this doesn't sound like on on some of those, it's it sounded like they were just running out of material. I don't think he ran out of material here. I think no. he. Um, well, not. I'm not sure there was material to run out of, but exactly. but, but, uh, but it was it was sort of a tag on the end. Right? Yeah, it was yeah. Of, um, well, he didn't have a theme at the beginning, but he had a a, a message at the yeah. end. Yeah, like, believe in yourself. I'm a big fan of like kind of bookend stuff or having an overture at the top of, especially if it's going to be mostly you know instrumental music. Kind of state your themes and then expand upon them, and then have a big blown out thing at the end where you kind of wrap it all up, but. He doesn't really do that with this thing. It just kind of starts meandering and meanders till the end. But yeah, it's such a, a satisfying like tag on the end that you kind of forget that it it started <laughs> just kind of kind of you know uh, limping along. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing the album isn't longer than it is. That mm-hmm. is definitely true. It, it, one more track probably would have sank my opinion of this album. Unless it was really good. Yeah, unless it was another one like Cadillac. But then you would ruin the, the joy of Cadillac, which is the fact that it's the only one. So, And if it even like hinted at that somewhere in the middle, it would have been less effective, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you had no idea this was coming. It's like, like, like I've said before, like if you have limited tricks to play, you've got to really strategize where you're going to play them. And if you only got one trick to play, then... You might as well. <laughs> three minutes before yeah, yeah, the end yeah. is the time to yeah. pull it out. It's might the as money well shot. save it, save it for the the end of the thing. So, like other outliers we've talked about, um, this is um, you know I, I find this just really interesting because it, it it exposes a side of 
someone, if you didn't know anything about them whatsoever, other than their previously recorded music, um, you would, um, your, your opinion would be so different. Yeah. Right. And if this is the first thing you heard, which is by the way, this was the first thing I heard. There you go. Um, it really, it really changes how you hear the other stuff. Yeah, I can't imagine going from this to let's go party, party all night, party, 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 party mindset, party God, blah, 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 blah. Party on my grave. There you <laughs> go. Dude, those titles are so good. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't had, I don't care what had, it sounds. You know, it could be like three minutes of silence. Be like, that'd be yeah, but party God. <laughs> I think we need to do an album with, a, with just a, a word theme like that. There you go. It. Eight songs about Betsy Ross or yeah, <laughs> like flag. Well, well, you know, it's like party. Um, yeah, party on Betsy Ross. There you go. It's a concept album. Weaving, <laughs> weaving. We'd have to, yeah, we'd have to pick a word that's really hard to write. <laughs> so, are there any other theories about this this album that or or? Andrew WK that might reveal more about why this album is what it is. I think it's because he went crazy. It, it certainly, I think he drove himself crazy. It's the and sound told of someone everyone, cracking up. Yes. Yeah, uh, and then told everyone to go fuck off. And then did. And then he fucked off for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. He has been kind of inactive mm-hmm. since this. So do we, do we think, is there any consensus that it was drugs or, or was it mental illness or was it brainwashing Mm. Stockholm syndrome? Right, right. Yeah. Was he just involved in this music machine that drove him crazy? I don't know. The record industry has never screwed anyone up. (laughs) Well, and that might be why he did an instrumental album. He couldn't say what he wanted to say here. So So is it like this madcap laughs and like pet sounds? There you go. (laughs) Like really like peas in a pod. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and the last season of the Chappelle Show. There you yeah, go. it's yeah. the it's the front row seats to somebody just falling, Losing a it. crazy person completely falling apart, recorded in excruciating oh. detail. And the Pink Floyd album with Sid Barrett. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a yeah, yeah. Sid well, Barrett's on that spectrum. You know, what's his name? Skip Spence from Moby Grape. Certainly had that one album where he or where he lost oh, and it. All of Kanye West's career. That's true, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Oh, who was the the <laughs> guitar player for the Fleetwood Mac that went insane? Oh, Peter Green. Peter Green. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So that there's, there's that sort of thing. Uh, Man of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he definitely went down some strange avenues with. Uh, uh, well, again, drugs can. <laughs> if you're already, you know, susceptible to mental illness, the last thing you want to do is be a rock star in the '60s. <laughs> Or ever. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It seems like fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like fun. It's just you, you, you have to come out the other side, and that can well, be well, a I challenge. Think that's the, yeah, the thinking about it, I think, is the fun part. I don't know, but those other guys weren't as tough as I am. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I think I'll be fine. Hey, Brian Wilson's still... <laughs> so, so are we going to recommend this album either as, as a, a, a something that, that we would think people should listen to or as a gateway into... Um, Andrew, well, Andrew WK, uh, his music, or maybe even his psyche. I was going to say, if you're going to listen to Andrew WK, which seems unlikely at this point, you are either listening to him or you've already decided you're not going to. But if you're going to listen to him, 
you should add this to the repertoire of party party songs just so you have an idea that this may not be his full persona this may be artifice this may be just a side of him this may be corporately demanded by his illuminati masters hmm. but there are other sides to him yeah I, this is a fantastic soundtrack to get into various weird subreddits about andrew wk uh, conspiracies so uh, listen to this and do that and uh, just have yourself a time. Yeah. I think if you like are part of the ongoing conversation that we're having, like as a, as America, as a culture about um, being more aware of the people who create the, the media that we consume, I think this is a good place to go about it to really getting into the deeper thoughts about that. Yeah. Cause who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the monkeys were at least able to fight against their corporate masters because they knew who their corporate masters were. Andrew WK is sort of a, a a weird thing where he is his own, you know, Don Kirshner. He can't fight against himself. So, well, and right, and then the whole apparatus, as you were saying, like the whole the whole um. um internet apparatus which which allows him to maybe do it on purpose to create these conspiracy theories as a way to generate interest or maybe these things just happen spontaneously Mm -hmm. around him this was before smartphones so so, you had to be deliberately going on your computer to write a conspiracy theory about andrew wk yeah yeah (laughs) Right, going on websites, not on apps, and to a yeah, a, 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 what, what, chat what, forums. Or, yeah, what were they? Yeah. What were they called? Like forums, the and, web and forums, boards, net news forums. news groups, news groups, news and, groups and, yeah, 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 definitely. Are we gonna? Yeah, since he's been arrested, are we gonna find out that uh, uh, Andrew WK is Julian Assange? Maybe. <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> that would be amusing on on a number of levels. What has Andrew WK? What did he do between uh, Cadillac Fifty Five? Doesn't add up, does it? <laughs> M- much like you know Jesus' teenage years. We yeah, he was just lost in the wilderness, and then he came back with his and he came back tablets. to tell us that we're not alone. Yeah, we can party even in these troubled times. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, that it may be a message that America needs to hear. Yeah, and uh, I guess on that note, we can uh, wrap up this episode. Is there a, anything you want to plug, Rachel? This will be dropping about April thirtieth. So if you have any, I don't know, craft shows or anything. Yeah, I do first Sundays at a craft market at Intrepid Sojourner Brewing, which is an excellent okay. brewery. Um, I'm about to launch another line of jewelry with earrings and not just bolo ties, even though I love them. And this summer I'll be launching a drunk cooking show on YouTube. Oh, nice. Perfect. So if someone wanted to keep track or tabs of these upcoming events or how best would they keep in touch with you? Yeah. I am resistance is tactile on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and I have a terrible website, resistanceistactile.com, which will link you to my Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Well, there you go. <laughs> Resistance is tactile. That's a good yeah. title. It, it is sadly apropos in these, these days when we need our partying and our bolo ties more than ever. <laughs> um, and with that, I'm Scott Livingston. Logan Renard. Matthew Marr. And uh, tune in next week when we try and figure out exactly... Who this is? Jazz hands.
Thank you.